Hey, welcome to Spokane Birth Integrity. I'm Rachel. I'm Amanda. And we're the team behind SpokaneBirthResources.com. Our mission is to connect women and families to local Spokane resources for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum care. On each episode, we'll spotlight one of the businesses from our resource directory and discuss baby-related topics. We'll also check in on each other's lives, talk about ridiculous and probably funny things our children have said and done. We geek out about the miracle of life and everything that surrounds it. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. Have you ever watched the movie Clueless? Yes, I have. With the young um, crap bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paul Rudd. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> the young crap bag. <laughs> There's your friend's reference. <laughs> I just recently watched that with two of my high school students. Oh, yeah. And it was very strange to watch their reactions to the clothes oh, yeah. in the movie because it's so quintessential mm-hmm. 90s. And to me, that's still fashion. Like that right. in my head was like, oh, yeah, that was totally cool. And they're yeah. like breaking it down and they're like, oh, I would totally wear that. Oh, why would I? I don't know if I'd wear that. And what is she wearing? <laughs> And it just made me realize, like, this movie is timeless and yet dated. At the same time. At the same time. The female actress is... Alicia Silverstone. The main girl. That's not Alicia Silverstone, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, I thought it was um, Jules from Psych. Mm -mm. No, it's Alicia Silverstone. No way! Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there you go. That blows my whole thing apart. I definitely thought that it was the Juliet from Psych. No. My mind's a little blown right now. <laughs> no offense, but I probably will look that up afterwards and be like, but how much alike do they look? I mean, they're... Oh, for sure. They are so yeah, similar looking. For sure. So this this is my super smooth transition into our interview today. <laughs> okay. Because Clueless showed me the difference between generations. Ah. ah. And we are going to interview Dr. Haley from Generations Chiropractic. Yes. Um, she is doing her second segment of our chiropractic series. She's going to be talking to us about chiropractic care during labor, birth, and then that freshy, fresh newborn period. Um, and postpartum for mama. Yeah, I'm really excited to... As we always are really excited um, when we get to these interviews because I feel like Dr. Taylor's interview blew my mind. I mean, I've been in chiropractic care and I still am learning tons. And the the breadth of breadth. Breadth. The breadth. Breadth. All right. The amount of knowledge <laughs> that they have to have in order to see such a wide range of people is astounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just remarkable. How and much that there's they have so many leave. specialties right. within chiropractic care yeah. that you can focus on and yeah. still not know everything. Exactly. And I still be learning. And I think what I'm excited to hear about from Dr. Haley is just her passion for learning and for passing that information on to her clients so that they can make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, um, I'm really excited to hear about adjustments in birth. I mean, because neither you nor I had the adjustment during birth. And mm-hmm. that's just something that could have made a difference mm-hmm. for some of our experiences. Mm-hmm. So I am 
looking forward to chatting with her. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Yep. So why don't you tell us who you are and talk a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Dr. Haley Decoteau. Um, I am a perinatal and pediatric chiropractor in Spokane, Washington. I am the owner and chiropractor at Generations Chiropractic. Awesome. Yeah. And that is up on the Same. north side. Yes. Um, up by, oh, gee whiz. Um, it's like the highway to yeah, 395. The, the dangerously close to Target and TJ Maxx. Oh. <laughs> that is where I am. <laughs> I see. It's a trifecta. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I didn't really plan that, but I was like, this is perfect. Yes. When I came These up, are my people. Yes. And when I came up to visit you, your next door neighbor is the new Mac Daddy. Yes. So patient oh, okay. Is that mac gourmet and mac and cheese? Oh boy. Gourmet mac Dangerous and cheese. Dangerous place to be. That's right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I see myself walking the aisles. Just it's a it's a cozy little place. <laughs> I got adjusted. I've got great food. I'm at the dollar section. <laughs> yes, yes. I do love the good dollar section. Yes, Target. exactly. So are you from Spokane originally? Mm, no. I, I hate the question of like, where are you from? I don't know. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid, but I did grow up like high school age, just north of Spokane up in Newport. Okay. If anyone mm-hmm. knows where Newport is, mm-hmm. it's a tiny little town. Um, and then I went to undergrad here in Spokane. So Spokane is home, but I don't like, I don't know where are you from. I'm from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I get that. <laughs> yeah, man and I both have that same. You can kind of bounce, bounce around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I've it's been fun. here longer than I've been anywhere else. So I guess technically so now home. I'm from here. Yeah. But it's, right. if someone asked me five years ago, "Are you? Did you grow up in Spokane?" I'd be like, "I don't know how to answer that." Yeah. <laughs> See, and my husband's like a true native. Like I don't think he's really lived anywhere else until he had to because. Me, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like a true native. I'm kind of from, from a little bit of everywhere, I guess. So from being outside and coming in, what have you come to appreciate and love about um, the area? Yes. Okay, so my, I think, favorite thing about Spokane, and especially like moving away and then returning to Spokane, is definitely the community aspect. So um, I went to school down in the Bay Area, and it was like you could ride the elevator with the same person for months and they would not take their eyes off their phone. Um, they were like in a hurry everywhere. They went. Not to say there weren't great people there, but the uh, the community was so different there. The atmosphere. Is yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You better hustle uh-huh. or you need to move away. Yeah. And here, like <laughs> I can go to the park with my daughter and like have an hour long conversation with just any, a stranger, any stranger, mm-hmm. another mom or kids will play together. And it was like, not that way in like other places that I've lived and so I really like that and then um at Green Bluff of course that's mm. my other like favorite Spokane thing is I, I live for Green Bluff do you have a favorite farm <laughs> up there that you like that we, this is where you go we go to Harvest House a lot and then um probably Seamers and then a lot of like the little ones but my husband's real big on like the pumpkin donuts how mm-hmm. to eat from Harvest House so we definitely definitely go to Bex a lot yeah uh, yeah I introduced my parents uh, to Hierophant Meadery yes. for their elderberry syrup. That's, that and, is why we go. Um, yeah. Yes. I <laughs> love Hierophant. And then we just were, Amanda and I were both at an event that was happening um, on Saturday at Cherry Hill. Ooh, okay. And they do cherries and raspberries. And then I think they must do apples later on because she was talking about an apple harvest. But mm-hmm. 
uh, the heat has destroyed mm-hmm. so yeah. many crops up yeah. there that I have a feeling that Green Bluff is going to be um, really looking forward to that apple yeah. season, apple pumpkin season, to make up make for up what for this summer. summer has done. Yeah, this the, the heat is like... Um, <laughs> It's not normal for our area. No, no. <laughs> it's been crazy the last few weeks, but yeah, we love going to the meadery. My daughter is all about chasing the animals and feeding. Mm-hmm. You can feed the animals there. It's like a little sanctuary. It's so cute. Um, How old is she? She's almost four and a half. Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe that still. <laughs> oh, yeah. My daughter just turned five. Okay, and yeah. And my sister-in-law today was like, oh, yeah, you know, four-year-olds. And she's like, oh, five-year-olds. She's five. And I'm like, yeah. I know. That's <laughs> crazy. It flies by and your daughter's about to turn six. Six in about two oh weeks. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's been – it's a – the last couple of years flat have flown by mm. for our daughters. I mean, and it's nice that ours are so close because a lot of times my daughter hits a certain stage and then – about six months later, your daughter is going through it too, and it's just like, okay, deep breath. I understand what's what's <laughs> happening here. Let's, it's a short-lived season, but the season is still really intense. I hear that four was four was next level in our house, <laughs> definitely. And so, um, you said that you did your undergrad here in Spokane. Yeah. Where at? Um, I went to Whitworth. Okay. Yes. I'm a pirate. Uh, that's where I met my husband. Yeah, you go pirates. That's um, where I met my husband. Too. Oh, really? Really? Okay, that's good. Yeah, I um, I cheered there, and he played golf, and we just had some mutual friends, and yeah. the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> so you were in that new health sciences building. Yes, it's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, we were the same major, so we got to have a few classes together. And, that's mm-hmm. nice. I did not have that luxury. I only got to take a class with my husband if I was, like, going to take a music class. No, no, no. (laughs) Or a theater class. And that one I was able to do. I did, like, an intro to theater so that way I could at least understand a very small portion of what she was talking about. And her husband and my husband were roommates. Oh, okay. So that's how we met. Okay. Yes. Okay. Nice. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and then you must have gone on to grad school in the Bay Area. I did. Um, so I, I've kind of been like one of those freaks that like I knew what I wanted when I was like eight years old, and I didn't really deviate from that. Um, and so I had planned to go to school um, at Palmer West down in San Jose, um, which kind of on the topic of my husband, but um, he was a year ahead of me at Whitworth, and he was going the physical therapy route. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty it's pretty tough to get in your first year for mm-hmm. a PT school. And he kind of, on a whim, applied to one school near Palmer, and that was, like, the school he got into. Oh, wow. So he ended up in uh, Stockton. It was a little a little more, uh, a little rougher than San Jose, I would say, but not too far from, from where I got to go. And, um, yeah, so we were down there for about four, four-ish years, four and a half years. Nice. So, yeah. So he's a DPT then. He is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor of Physical Therapy. Oh, thank you. He is. <laughs> That's <laughs> for the layperson over here. <laughs> and you actually have some letters after your name as well. Do yes. you want to explain those? Um. So I got my CACCP, which essentially means I'm a certified pediatric chiropractic um, provider, so to speak. Um. And so I took probably about two years post-doc and all like the didactic portions, all like the classes, 
um, traveling for different seminars. And then after that, you have to do different research and then submit that. And then you take the fattest test (laughs) of my life. Um, And so I, I finally wrapped all that up and got my certificate in the mail and got a couple letters and it's been really cool. It's been cool getting to learn a lot of stuff. And it's, um, I guess it's not strictly like it's primarily pediatric, but you get, you can't really separate it. Like you get a lot of stuff for perinatal, um, and postpartum and, and a lot of stuff within that certificate, I guess. Um, but super rewarding test is really hard, but really cool. Um, it's all written, which is different. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like board tests and stuff like that. It's like you pick you pick the answer. This was all essays, so you really kind of have to put your brain out on paper, which can be hard sometimes. But it makes you realize what you know. Um, Absolutely, which is rewarding after like so much work. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Our um, CCACPs. C-A-C-C-P. <laughs> um, are they, are, is that a common certification here in Spokane? Is there a lot of other there chiropractors that have it? There is one other chiropractor okay. um, in our area. Okay. Um, and he's my previous employer. And that's it. There's oh. just the two of us that have that. Um, to my knowledge, I haven't seen anyone else come up on like the registry in a while. So um it's a lot of work. Some people will kind of pick and choose some classes. Some people will do like the Webster certification mm-hmm. to kind of put that in reference. Webster certification is one class out of about 16 modules that you do for um, the full CACCP. Gotcha. You know, plus the research and test and all of that. So, um, yeah. So you said you, you knew since you were eight what you wanted to do. Yeah. Was that just chiropractic or was that chiropractic with moms and babies? I would say at eight. What do you know when you're eight? <laughs> when I was eight, Sounds I Sounds like you knew a lot when you were eight. <laughs> I went with my grandma. You know, I went, it was the funniest thing. I went with my grandma and it was actually in Coeur d'Alene, I think. Um, and I wish I knew the doctor's name, but it was the only female chiropractor I'd ever seen. Um, and I thought she was a bad day. I was like, well, I didn't even know women could do this because you only ever see men um, in the chiropractic profession at that point. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. And I just kind of dove into it and started shadowing people in school and then worked for a chiropractor in college. And well, so you were that 10 year old and people were like, so what do you think what you want to do when you grow up? And most people are like, I want to be a clown. I want to be an astronaut. You're like, I want to be a chiropractor. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of just stuck with plan A and, and I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Um, I think more as I got into chiropractic school, I really saw the value in taking care of kids, you know, healthy kids, make healthy adults. And then I got pregnant with my daughter um, probably two-thirds of the way through my schooling, I would say. Mm. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it doesn't start with a newborn. Um, it starts with a mom. And so that's when I really kind of dove a little bit more into like the perinatal side of things um and then even after that when I was going through my CACCP I took this class on um epigenetics and like how it affects conception and the health of the baby so now I'm like backed up a little bit more I'm like okay well it doesn't start with 
just the mom. It's preconception. It's like, you know, what's the healthiest egg and sperm we can make before we even get to adjusting a newborn. Um, so that's kind of the rabbit hole I've gone down and it's so cool. <laughs> there so is cool. so much to yeah. come yeah. back to care. Yeah, it's not just adjusting, about. you know, back pain or, you yeah. know, there's a lot of that, sure, but you can you can do as much as you want, really. Depends on what you're excited about, I think. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of adjusting newborns and adjusting moms, um, what are some uh common questions that you get from family members or from moms when you're they're at a birth or they've or concerned in, partners. <laughs> right, concerned partners. Or um or when you're holding the minutes, hours old. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> so from the perspective of like a family member or partner, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, if I've been like invited into their birth space, like we've got a pretty good connection already. I've had a few where like I haven't seen the person and the doula calls me over. But for the most part, I really would, I prefer to have an established relationship with a patient. You can get into informed consent during labor and all that stuff, but I, I prefer that. So most of the time, um, I would say that they're pretty solid in how they feel about me being there. Every once in a while, you can definitely see a dad that's like, so what exactly are you going to do to my baby? <laughs> what exactly are you going to do to my, you know, my spouse or partner? Um, and so I just I talk about it. Mm-hmm. I explain that, you know, how I adjust that 300-pound rugby player or that 6'8 basketball player. That's not how I'm going to adjust your newborn. Um, it's entirely different. It's like if you check the ripeness on fruit, it's that much pressure. It's, it's really all it takes. Um, babies have like a bone that is fully ossified when they're born, and that's their clavicle. Everything else is pretty darn soft, squishy, and resilient and um, that's the beauty of birth, and that's part of how kids respond so efficiently to chiropractic care. Um, so it's it's pretty gentle, and if they have questions along the way, I'm I'm an open book. Um, yeah. So how many births have you been to? I don't know. This point? Um, ooh, I don't know. I haven't had any like in a, a few months. I don't tally have like a tally on my wall. <laughs> no. Um, I haven't been in in a few months and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like I love being there, but it's kind of cool not being needed, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, because I think when moms have pretty consistent care throughout their pregnancy, they don't need me. And I'm like, cool, great. If they do, please call me. Um, there are some cases where I'm like, I really wish you would have called me. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I would say every few months, maybe. Okay. It's not, it's not all the time. It's not the base of your practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. And I think it would be hard to have like set business hours and be on call all the time. I definitely have to get a little creative with that. Um, now I was doing a lot more like mobile care prior to opening. And I would say I probably had more then. Now I would say it's more postpartum visits and newborn visits like this past weekend I had a mom and a baby you know a couple days old I'll go over um so I think I, I probably do more house calls that are early postpartum and newborn because hopefully at that point birth went pretty well mm-hmm. and um I'm not sure how much you guys know about this but 
for the most part in Washington State, chiropractors really don't have many rights in a hospital. Oh. So it narrows it down really to like home birth and birth center births anyways, which, which again, tend to go pretty well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you guys, do, you guys don't have rights in the hospital? I can't. For the most part, um, as a chiropractor, I cannot adjust someone in a hospital. I can't be practicing. You know, I'm not under their, you know, reliability. Um, I think there are some integrative situations where a chiropractor might be different states, different like groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know if like one gal, and I think it depends probably on the the states, all the logistics, <laughs> um, and then the the provider so the ob or midwife okay. in the hospital and i do know i want to say they were in texas i could tell you wrong but i want to say they were in texas this one doc that got called to a mom that it was kind of like now or c-section mm-hmm. and she was able to adjust her and just really help mama out and baby was born shortly after so i think that would be amazing if we had hospital rights for that yeah that you know perspective just to be there because who doesn't deserve to get adjusted on the most intense day of your life? Like, right. honestly. Um, but so, yeah, that kind of narrows down my practice um, to, you know, home births and birth centers if I'm going to be able to come. Um, and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. What is the youngest age of a baby that you have adjusted? 19 minutes old. That's real fresh. It's pretty squishy. Uh, So this guy, (laughs) he's built like a little linebacker and um, baby number three. So baby three is like wild card. You know, it could be butter birth or it could be really long. You just don't always know. Um, And he, you know, he gave the midwives a good run around. They were, they were moving mom, doing all kinds of position and, he just got yammed up, some shoulder dystocia. And so we checked him pretty much as soon as, you know, midwives were done. And, um, you know, we checked him, adjusted him, and got him on the boob. And happy guy ever since. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> A butter birth. I yeah. love that phrase. <laughs> like butter. Yeah, it's a good one. Like butter. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm over here actually just getting, running butter birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretending to look at questions. I'm over here wondering what that's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your second birth is not a butter birth. Oh, no. Yeah. Second one's supposed to be the... I know. The everyone one. told me that. And wow. I think my expectations were a little heightened because of that. Dang but, it. Dang. Yeah. I do wonder, though, if, if I had known that I could have gotten adjusted, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that would have changed it, a lot of things. So definitely could have. That kind of leads me into something. Um, I got to take this really cool class with a midwife and um, my like major chiropractic crush. Um, the midwife is, I think it's Augustine Col- Colbrook and then um, Caitlin Clark. And they are some like two of the coolest women. Um, but it was all about like external signs of malposition. So mm-hmm. like this woman, she is a genie. She can look at a mom. As she's checking her client into the hospital, because she's both a doula and a chiropractor, and she can, within reason, tell you how dilated she is, uh, where baby is, if there's a nuchal hand, if they're asynclitic. Like, she's a genie. I am not wow. on her level yet, okay? But, so <laughs> but she, you aspire to be. <laughs> I aspire to be on her level. She is amazing. 
That's I hope she hears this. <laughs> um, but so I, I got to take a class and they talk about, you know, like irregular contraction patterns and different things that you can watch the mom to know, you know, kind of what she needs and how to help and stuff. Um, and so that would have been, that would have been cool to see for someone that should have had a, you know, chill second birth and maybe, maybe there's something going on with positioning or restriction in the pelvis or, you know, you know mm-hmm. yeah. so cool to think about. So what would a typical alignment in, first of all, labor, what would that look like? Okay. So that, that can vary depending, I mean, what stage of labor we're in. It's like sometimes I'll have moms that are like, they're in early labor or they've been having prodromal labor and they'll come into the office and get adjusted. Um, and it might be like a fairly normal lay on the table kind of um, check and adjust. By that point, I'm looking at like um, like how the sacrum is moving. Mm. Uh, like, have you ever seen that really very amazing picture of like the rhombus and Michaelis where the back is literally opening and you can see the pelvis? It's the coolest mm-hmm. picture if you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um but so you can watch and see how the sacrum moves and bulges between the the wings of the pelvis. Um, so, you know, if they're that far along, I'm probably looking at how that's moving. Um, and even if she's having a contraction, what does that do during the contraction? Um, if it's one that like I'm getting called to a birth, it might be, you know, like the partner or the doula that's like, hey, things have kind of slowed down. Um, or maybe they're having like a very specific pain that's like distracting, like they can't focus on their contractions because this pain is worse than the contraction. Mm. Um, so I have like a portable table, pillows, I can bring all that, they can be adjusted on there. Or if it's like, you know, pretty hot and heavy, active labor, I might just be working around her. She might be like swaying and moving and maybe I'm doing more like ligament release while she's, you know, standing or, you know, bent on the ball or or whatnot. Um, I might be doing like specific forms of counter pressure based on what her pelvis looks like based on where restriction is. Um, Sometimes I'll have like a little tool I use to kind of provide stimulation in certain areas. Um, So it can look, it can look different depending on where mom is, how much she likes to be touched during labor that varies a lot. Some people mm-hmm. think like, oh, I want massage. I want all this stuff. And they're like, get away from yeah. me. I haven't had too many of those call me to a birth, surprisingly, right? Um, so, but like I was I was one of those. I didn't want to be touched during labor. I'm like, squeeze my hips and be silent. Yeah. Fair, fair. I can do that. So um, it, what it looks like during labor is it's different based on the mom and the progression and where baby is in the pelvis. Um, so... And then after the baby's born, would you then adjust the mom again based on what's happened with her? It depends on, like, the, the flow of things, right? Um, I had one mom that she's like, I wish I had a chiropractor at my birth solely to adjust my neck because her husband was trying to help her push. And he was cranking on her <laughs> neck, this poor woman. And so, heck yeah, she's like, please adjust my neck. I'm going to do it. Um, but other than that, it's mostly... Um, I would say mostly like more soft tissue work that I'm going to do like early postpartum to kind of just relax. I mean, you just did like a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll I'll check newborn kind of as soon as is, yeah. I don't know, pertinent, right? Um, it might be right away, like if baby can't latch and the placenta is not coming, 
that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, baby can't get to the breast. We're not getting that good contraction of the uterus that happens when baby latches and we get oxytocin. Um, now or maybe we're at risk for hemorrhage. I don't know. Let's get dramatic about it. So it could be right away um, or it could be we have that golden hour and like now things have kind of settled down and now we want baby to be checked. So it could be mm-hmm. it could be an hour later. It could be right away. So do you do cranial sacral work with babies? So cranial sacral is one technique. There are a couple different techniques that kind of surround um, the cranium, the sacrum. Um, the other is called sacral occipital technique. I would say what I do is more of like a blending of SOT and CST. Okay. So I'm not. I don't market myself as like a strict cranial and sacral therapist sure. by any means. Um, we do have an awesome cranial sacral therapist that I refer to. Um, and that's Gretchen. I don't know if you guys have talked to her, but she's oh, great. Oh, Lauren, Lauren Bergstedt knows her. Okay, yeah. Gretchen oh. Cunningham. Yeah, she um, referred her. I did never actually went to yeah. her, but a gal So her I'll, job. like, co-manage some stuff with her, and she's great. But I wouldn't I wouldn't market myself like a strict. But I definitely do cranial work. I definitely look at the sacrum. I look at full spine. And the pictures yeah. of you on, on your Instagram and your yeah. Facebook, you're addressing those little babies just on your lap. In wherever it is, yeah. your living room, your office, yeah. play area, it looks like somebody's bedroom. I'm just <laughs> yeah, if I'm at home, it could be on the on the mattress. It could be on mom while she's nursing. Um, it's whatever works for kids. It's not adjusting them that's hard. It's catching them. So yes, yeah. <laughs> so I adjust a lot of kids on like the rug um, in my office, especially if they're like moving. I love to see how kids like crawl. Um, squat like I love to see all the in-between transitional movements mm-hmm. um, I think that's super important because most of the time you go to a pediatrician it's like okay they can sit okay they can stand oh they're talking I like all the in-between stuff because I feel like how we get somewhere is almost more important yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then we actually we had the one question that we got on Instagram actually had to do with um, colic which I feel like is a pretty newborn thing because mm-hmm. man did my second daughter have oh, no. some great vomiting episodes in the last <laughs> like six months so um how does uh colic and chiropractic care go together so colic is a very broad umbrella term for unhappy baby usually for more than three hours mm-hmm. for more than you know there's like a set you know set rule yes. but it can be digestive it can be um truly just uncomfortable baby. Like if you had a kink in your neck and someone wanted you to eat on this side in this position and yep. sleep in this position and you had no way of telling anyone that you were mad about it, what would you do? You would just scream, you know? <laughs> so um, I will say when it comes to colic and things like that, I see way less, way less um, colic and failure to thrive and a lot of those things in kiddos that I've seen since birth or like I've seen mom all the way through their pregnancy, you know, I know what their birth was like. I -hmm. I saw them right away, you know, whether from the, from the, on the way home from the hospital or home visit shortly after. I don't see a lot of that in my kiddos. And so what I also feel like I'm hearing you say is that there isn't one specific chiropractic thing of that's going to cure your kid the colic from the colic. there's not a colic button i <laughs> wish there was <laughs> sometimes it's a puzzle but most of the time you adjust them and they feel a lot better their body right. works a lot better so, so whether it's digestive yeah some of the colic symptoms 
but mm-hmm. it might not be the the underlying. It might not. It, it might be the one magical thing. It might be a combination of right. what's mom eating. You know, are we taking? Um, is there an ingredient in the formula that baby doesn't like? There can be different things. So things. Some people call it like the newborn headache, mm-hmm. which again responds really well to an adjustment. So. Um, most kiddos do really do really well. It's been really so. cool to hear um, from Dr. Taylor last time and from you now mm-hmm. that even though this is your passion and your love and your job, that chiropractic is not a magic bullet, that it's it's part of a process to get to a healthy yeah. person. And that's so cool because we live in a society of magic bullets. Like, yeah. <laughs> drink this smoothie and you'll have more milk. Or, you just need this supplement yes. and your whole life will be better. Yes. So and It just feels more well-rounded. Like, yeah. we will provide this service, but here's what you can do uh-huh. to have a more well-rounded, healthy life. And there's, there's a phrase... Um, largely in chiropractic, I guess. I don't know if I've heard it elsewhere, but it's structure dictates function, right? And function is what helps us adapt to the world that we live in. And chiropractic as a whole, I would say, largely we believe in the body, that the body's smart, it's it's capable. Like women know how to birth. Babies know how to eat and sleep and all these things. Does it mean it's natural and it comes easy? No. <laughs> um, but it does mean that the body's capable of healing if you get it a little support, we do pretty well, right? We've made it this far millennia later. So mm-hmm. um, so I think that's like probably the biggest message I could give chiropractic-wise is the body is very, very intelligent. And we're here to kind of be a support system for what you can already do, what you're already capable of. Yeah. So I love that. improve the structure, improve the function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some... Um, common myths that you hear about chiropractic care um whether that's in regards to pregnancy or but i mean more specifically towards labor and and newborn care mm-hmm. or like some misconceptions that people might have surrounding it chiropractic specific um that it's like scary mm-hmm. um or dangerous maybe this is too far but if you look up how many deaths happen from ibuprofen which is probably sitting on your counter somewhere in your house. Um, and then you look at how many people die from chiropractors, okay? <laughs> right? And then if you look at, you know, I go to my OB, my OB is wonderful. What is their malpractice like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than mine, you know? Um, and they, they have a, a broader scope of practice, all those things. They're wonderful. But I think the misconception is that it's it's scary, and then people get there and they're like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't what I thought it was. Um, when it comes to chiropractic and pregnancy and birth, I think there's some sort of acceptance around you're just going to be uncomfortable. You're pregnant. What do you expect? Like you're you're going to hurt. You're pregnant. It's birth. It's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It's like the newborn phase stinks. It's just, they're just it. a newborn. They're newborns cry. You know, like there's all these um, accepted things. And sometimes, right? Sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is scary. Sometimes, some, but that's not how it's meant to be. That's not what it has to be. And chiropractic is one of one of the tools that we get to use during that time period. And I hate if someone gets scared out of it and mm-hmm. they find out later and they're like, why didn't I know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the more that we can spread the positive uh, information and positive effects that it can have, the more people are able to have that in their toolbox and they deserve to have that option. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I know that when I got um, Maine, my she's my older daughter. Mm-hmm. I know when I got her adjusted, I um, 
my both my parents came with me to an adjustment like they took turns because <laughs> they you know were available at different times but they were very um nervous i mean they both had gotten chiropractic care but they yeah. were very nervous to watch a six-day-old baby get adjusted or a i think the next one was like a week and a half and same with my husband's parents they came and watched adjustments because it's such I don't want to say like a, a left field thing, but when you when you haven't grown up with chiropractic yeah. care, you just don't think about it. You, right? You would think, oh, well, they will get adjusted when they turn thirty, mm-hmm. and then, and then they'll find out about their neck pain or back pain or yeah. whatever. Or if they get an injury as an athlete, then you take them in. Mm-hmm. But nobody thinks about the injury slash trauma that happens to that baby coming out of the birth canal. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like broken bones or anything like that, not that type of injury or trauma. But it's so Myra, traumatic. And she broke her clavicle. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she was fast and furious and still is. <laughs> but uh, coming on that birth canal, I mean, you were just in a safe spot for nine months, mm-hmm. and now you've got to squeeze through and come onto the world, and it's an adjustment. Yeah. So I remember that it was a scary time when I was saying, yep, my newborns, they're going to get adjusted. When people picture that, like snap, crackle, pop, the guy on YouTube, and I think Taylor talked a little bit about that too, Um, you know, mic'd up adjustments where they sound really gory and crunchy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's not like that for newborns. (laughs) Largely, it's not like that for, you know, pregnant women um, or kiddos. Um, It's it's just different. And so when you see it, you're like, that's it? That's all you did? That's going to help them? Like, They'll probably poop on the way home, and then they'll take a really big nap. That's it. That's yes. all I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Can I come back every day? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, seems, it seems too simple to make sense for a lot of yes. people, you know, or too scary to to warrant exploring. And yeah. so I think the more people that know, oh, my gosh, it's it's gentle. They slept through their, oh, okay. You know, like it's not mm-hmm. it's not what it, it would appear to be. No. <laughs> So is there anyone who shouldn't get chiropractic care during a birth? Like literally during a birth, someone that is maybe scheduled for a cesarean, but I don't see why they couldn't get adjusted before. Um, If every woman had a hospital chiropractor, I'd be like, yes, use them if you need them. Um, Is that a thing, having a chiropractor on staff at a hospital? Uh, Few. I would say few. I'd have to literally look up where. Mm -hmm. I know there are some integrative clinics where they'll work together. I know there are some, like, birth centers where a chiropractor will have an office within there. But it's not a a common thing. I wish it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like with midwives now integrating into the hospital. It feels like it took a long time for that to happen. Yeah. For... And even still, and I'm sure a midwife could speak to this better, even still, like I've had people that if they were a home birth transfer, either their midwife might not be able to come in or they're kind of, they're out once they're, they're out once they're in, (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, But, you know, by that point, maybe, maybe they're doing something different anyways, but. Um, So you said earlier, healthy babies make healthy adults. And so can you talk about how. Uh, getting adjusted in those first few weeks, first few months of life can set you up for mm-hmm. a healthier lifestyle or a better whatever 
Can you kind of talk about that for the so I was actually just talking about this yesterday. I went and saw um, one of my old classmates. Um, he's a sports doc here in town, and I was kind of I was kind of joking a little bit. I was like, you know, a lot of these things that you get to work on, it's really cool because I have a chance to like prevent some of that, you know. And it's because, like you were just saying, you don't send your newborn to the chiropractor. You wait till they have a shoulder injury from baseball or, or whatever. But when I'm working on kiddos, yes, I'm adjusting them. Yes, that is first. But I do it in a context where I still look at how they move. Mm-hmm. Um, do they roll over appropriately? Not do they roll over. Do they roll over mm-hmm. appropriately? Because how they roll helps them close their you know, diastasis, create good tension in the core, Getting on hands and knees and crawling appropriately helps develop shoulder stability, hip stability, core stability, cross-crawl patterns for brain development. Um, That matters way before they get to their sports injury. Mm -hmm. So if they have a better foundation, then they're set up for life, you know. Not to say that everyone's perfect because they got adjusted once when they were a baby, (laughs) but it sets the tone for a a healthier lifestyle. and just you just get to know those families so much better. And I think that the moms become so, oh, they're so amazing. Moms are so amazing. They notice everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask them, well, how, how many times do they poop it? How many times do they do this? They know everything. They know everything. So if you can just plant a good seed, then that kid is like in a better place mm-hmm. forever, in my opinion. And it's also, I think if you are taking your kid to chiropractic care and they turn and you start to notice, hmm, they are holding their shoulder weird or they are trying out baseball and they're throwing funky. Yeah. I mean, you already have a chiropractor that you could be like, hey, can you look at that? I don't know. Something's like wrong. So I had this guy that he always had one shoulder that was substantially lower and one that was substantially higher. And he was going to like personal trainer, doing all this. I think it was a little bit of a vanity thing. But fair, right? It's his body. And I said, like, I am convinced that he only rolled one way as a baby. I don't Mm. think he rolled the other way as a baby. Because you know how you get someone and they're like, all my problems are on my right side. All my problems, you know, there's always a side. And I'm convinced for him that he only rolled one way. He only got stability and coordination Mm. in, like, one direction. (laughs) That's my hypothesis. But, yeah, I think it's... He's like Zoolander. He can't turn left. (laughs) He can't turn left. Something like that. Something like that. But but I and I do. I see that with babies that they start out well. They only they favored the right breasts, or you know, or they only rolled to their left, or they can be on hands and knees, but they'll only reach for things with their right hand. Is it because they're right-handed, or because they can't shift their weight and coordinate the side of their body, the abs on the side, everything like that, to to be able to do that. And maybe you have to regress them to be able to roll both directions or side sit both directions. And so that starts with probably what happened in their birth process. What's mm-hmm. the first bone in their neck doing mm-hmm. so they can eat one way, roll one way, all these things. So it's kind of a, a cool cascade and it's cool to kind of unwind that and regress a little bit and, and figure out how to solve that problem before it's a problem, you know? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have I mean just like when we were talking um to about breastfeeding Uh about when you have tongue ties and lip ties to think about the fact that your baby could be learning how to 
swallow wrong and that now you <laughs> can learn how to with your with your daughter or you you no. yourself oh, okay. okay yeah of learning how to roll wrong mm-hmm. i mean and then that sets you up for life or learning how to crawl wrong kind of mm-hmm. is what you're saying and then that might affect how you can do core work or balancing mm-hmm. or anything else like that later on that's that's and a very crazy connection dare mm-hmm. you go down the rabbit hole of um tethered oral tissues because <laughs> Because they can have systemic effects because they literally develop in, like, those first few weeks of life before you probably know that you're pregnant. Um, As the midline, right, they call midline defects, but as that kind of unfolds embryologically. So you'll see tongue tie, lip ties, hypospadias, sacral dimples. You'll see all these things. Um, And again, what if you had someone that was tongue-tied literate assess your baby at a few days old and not... Fast forward to three months where you failed at breastfeeding. I wish you could see my air quotes because I hate that term. Um, but, you know, maybe there were other factors involved. So, mm-hmm. and more often than not, whether you revise a tongue tie or not, which I'm pretty, pretty liberal. I want them to go see someone to make that decision with education behind their decision. Um, but, you know, whether you choose to do that or not, more often than not, the kid's going to really benefit from body work as a result of a lot of the things that develop with tongue ties. Mm-hmm. So whether that's chiropractor, craniosacral combination, you know, really but, helpful. So earlier you said that your favorite thing was about, uh, Spokane was the community. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I met you, we were talking about how the birth community is very, um, integrative. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you refer to a lot of different people. You meet up with a lot of different people. Um, Tell us your thoughts on community and what that looks like, you feel like, for a a mom and a baby. So I can kind of speak to this um, personally. Uh, I have not given birth in Spokane. I have my daughter in the Bay Area. But I've had two losses here. Mm. Um, I've had people show up for me that I never expected anything from. I never thought, like, oh, that person's going to be on my doorstep leaving me like bone raw. Like I never thought of that. So the people in our birth community, they're, they're genuine, you know, people don't go into birth work because they love being sleep deprived (laughs) because they love being on call and having last minute childcare. Like they do it because they love it. Um, and those are the people I want to work with. Those are the people that I think they're here doing good work for a good reason. And, um, if you come in my office, like half my counter is just business cards because I'm like, <laughs> you would love this one, interview this midwife, like check out this PT. Like I like teamwork makes the dream work, guys. And when you are preparing for a birth, coming down from that roller coaster after or pushing through a miscarriage, you got a team that will show up for you in Spokane. Um, I can definitely speak to that. So... Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. So I definitely love to refer within our community um, because I think that while I know I have something to offer, I'm not everything for everyone. And I don't think that I should be. (laughs) No, no. And I hate I hate when providers want to keep everything in house. If you can be a jack of all trades. okay. But there's so many good people out there that can ha- that can offer a lot to your patients or your clients. And 
Um, whether they use them or not, let them know that they have a support system and they'll use what they need, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you got to let them all make the choice. Right. And trust her to make the choice. You can't advocate for consent and, you know, choice and all these things and not support someone's right to to have that, <laughs> to have a team that can show up for them. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's why you wanted to start Spoken Word Resources. Yes, <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, and so speaking of, of personal goals, of um, what do you envision for your practice going forward? Okay, so when I like dreamed up that someday I was going to open my own practice, um, I really wanted it to be very community based. Obviously, that's important to me. Uh, now I opened in the middle of the pandemic, <laughs> so Class my dreams, <laughs> my dreams of having like the first time mom and the mom of three like sitting on the same couch swapping breastfeeding stories and just you know solidarity. It hasn't been the full capacity that. I know it will be someday, mm-hmm. um, just given the nature. Um, but I'm really excited that that's going to be something going forward as things kind of open up and people will get more comfortable. But my goal is definitely to have more like classes and resources in-house. Mm-hmm. I would love to have someone come do like prenatal yoga or mommy and me classes, um, more childbirth workshops. I've had some like spinning babies classes at my office. Um, I'd love to do, gosh, a lot of stuff. I'd love to do like a, have a little like chef class come in, Mm -hmm. prep for your postpartum. Um, everyone gets ready for the, you know, pregnancy or the birth, but then, then what happens when they're like, who's going to feed me? I can't get off the couch. I'm starving. (laughs) I'm starving. So I want, I want to do a lot more, um, community building in that regard so that, you know, I've, I say this all the time. I need to be like the mom Cupid because I have so many patients who are like, oh, you would love so-and-so. But, you know, the whole mm-hmm. patient confidentiality. So I'm like, how do I get these people to just be friends? So if I could host events that they could go to, they could be friends. <laughs> you could be the mom Cupid. Yes, you I want to be the mom Cupid. The, <laughs> mom, the mom speed dating. Exactly. Right. So that's definitely like my major goal going forward is to have more um, – more resources and events and activities in-house and just make it more accessible to people. I think that would be really cool. That sounds super fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm an introvert, so I probably wouldn't attend unless there's like five people and she's coming with me. We stand outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll definitely I'll support you in doing that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I'll say that it's super fun because it sounds super fun. I just... Would like to do it. With, like, I would, I would love to watch you mom speed date. <laughs> that would be entertainment for me. Well, you know, I mean, I would sweat so bad. <laughs> like that might be TMI, but I just we could do small mess. group classes. We could do like park meetup. You know, in yep. your own. Your own to meet up in a pool. So that sweating isn't a thing. Yeah, sweating's not an issue. We're doing swim class. <laughs> Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share that you're excited about and passionate about in your practice? Mm. It seems like you really enjoy learning. I do. I wish I had more time to do more. (laughs) I, I kind of find something and I go down the rabbit hole and then I'm like, well, I got to do the next thing. I think they all tie together. And I guess the, 
I know the biggest thing I think I would like people to know is to start preparing way before you're pregnant, right? Eggs turn over about 120 days. Um, so be at your chiropractor at least six months before you want to be pregnant. <laughs> start prepping now because there's there's a lot you can do to prevent so many of the things that I see in my office. Mm. Um, wow, six months. Yeah, that's two egg cycles. That's four sperm cycles for dad. Now like three, like three for dad. So it's not too bad, you know? Yeah. It's not too bad. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. you could do something like that, you're you're in a good spot. Somewhere between three and four cycles, you get, you get a new egg, right? That's a new baby coming into this world. It's going to be healthier and more vibrant and changing the world. And that's what I love. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that you and I had mentioned mm -hmm. at your office was talking about the types of carriers that new babies should be oh, in. Do you I remember ruin, that I ruin all the toys, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. I am this very anti-bumbo. Um, but the thing is, the thing is, is it's all from a place of love. I think there's, I can talk candidly, but I have to be careful because it is not about mom shaming. Like you just, you learn as you go. And when you figure stuff out that works, that doesn't, you learn, you, you grow, you adapt. And so I, I lovingly joke that like, I'm, if you want my opinion on your baby registry, I will give it to you, but beware, I will ruin all the, the bouncers and jumpers and me mm -hmm. will not love me for it. <laughs> But your baby's spine and development and brain will. That's right. So <laughs> You'll, we'll thank you at four when yes. they're like stable and able to run across the room. Yes, to you. and they got abs and glutes of, of steel. I don't know. Mm. They would just be uh, more balanced, more balanced children, more balanced brains. Um, you know. So I, I joke about it, but yeah, I'm not a fan of baby containers, and I could talk another day about that. Okay. Um, resources, I guess if we want resources for that, um, look at building your baby from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, Pathways magazine will often have a lot of things in there um, about childhood development and birth and motherhood. There's so much in there. Um, and then what's another one? My favorite, my favorite is um, baby moves. And I think I've talked about this one on my Instagram. Um this author that she literally spent like three, four decades just watching children develop um, kiddos with delays, you know, and how how those early years changed, you know, the rest of their development and progression throughout life. And I think that's probably one of the things that's made me the most passionate about that because movement literally builds your brain. Mm -hmm. So how, how our kiddos move and develop matters for a long time after they'll probably know me you know yeah I so. really liked the website um can do kiddo and, oh yeah and yeah. that is all yeah. about tummy time and, mm -hmm. and how to do it when they're a couple of weeks old yeah. and she says you've got five minutes essentially um or less and so here's a super simple activity mm -hmm. here's a super simple resource and that that was perfect for me because it combined pictures with like, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, two paragraphs. I think that's important because early motherhood, is it can be really overwhelming. And you're like, all this stuff I have to do. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, well, laying with your baby on your chest, that's tummy time, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, you can simplify it and just make it not so overwhelming. Like, well, when am I getting all the right ergonomic toys? No, 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 no. Throw a blanket on the floor, lay on the floor with your baby, and talk to them. Like mm -hmm. that's 
you know, less is more. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have uh, a favorite carrier, like a on mom ooh, carrier? Mm, I think it depends on like the age and I'm probably not the best person. There are like people that specialize in this. Mm-hmm. My daughter hated carriers. I'll mm-hmm. be blunt. Um, I think there are a lot of good ones for like newborn as long as they're tucked in, you know, kissable height, the hips, hips are a big deal to me. If they can make the nice M they're not hanging, dangling freely, uh, which I do sadly see sometimes, but probably early baby, like a ring sling or Moby. I liked my ergo, you know, I felt like I could get my daughter in a good position for her hips and her spine. Um, but the big thing is floor time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some kiddos, they cannot be put down. They're not happy about that. And again, that might come back to, are they uncomfortable? Why can't they lay on their back? Mm-hmm. So so you can, you can kind of dig into that a little bit. But for kids that need more contact, obviously baby wearing is a godsend for those families. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're able to, like the floor, free, unrestricted movement, that's my jam. That's where babies develop a ton a ton mm. so yeah cool yeah awesome thanks for having me on yeah let me ramble a little bit oh absolutely um, you yes, can tell great. i get excited about things i could go go on a little tangent but well that's um, why we wanted you on oh, we, okay. we need people who are excited <laughs> i am and i i just i'm always learning new things or new approaches and so it, it might change but yeah. yeah that's where i'm at right now well, thank you for your mm-hmm. passion and your talent in this. This is great. Yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. local business in the Spokane or North Idaho area that serves mamas in the pregnancy, birth, or postpartum stages, you want to be on our resource directory. Partner with Spokane Birth Resources and place your free high visibility ad today. Go to spokanebirthresources.com sbr directory for more information. And when you're ready, email us at contact at spokanebirthresources.com to get started.